This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Ed Egros and Aaron Hawksworth here with you on an overreaction Monday from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app. Watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL on YouTube and follow us on X at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the program today, Jason Lockenfora, co-host of BetMGM Game Day, will share his lessons learned from week one. But first... Here are some of ours, and we will start in the early window from Sunday, Aaron. And if you had to kind of power rank all of the units that perhaps you were most impressed by, I feel like the Cleveland Browns defense has to be up there. What they did to make Joe Burrow look absolutely pedestrian was remarkable. 14 of 31 for 82 yards, two sacks. Burrow finished with a passer rating of 52 And Aaron, while I know a lot of folks will look at context and say, well, the weather was really bad and, you know, the defense had to stay out there a good bit. Still, though, what they did to Burrow and Jamar Chase and company, it means that this Cleveland Browns team could very well be in the mix for a playoff spot throughout the entire season. Yeah, this Browns team, if Deshaun Watson is going to be good this year, They have it all, and that's why we had them as one of our most underrated teams. The defense looked really, really good. This game closed at a pick They beat them 24-3. to They have a really good O-line. They've got a great run game. So I think, you know, if Deshaun Watson can be above average, Joe, this is Brown's team will be very good. But he wasn't. I mean, that's the thing. He wasn't above average. This is a story about Joe Burrow. And again, early on, we're doing the offensive line question again with the Bengals. And I know they reshuffled more things, made more changes, and maybe it's going to take time like it did last year where they had some struggles in the first half, then they fixed it in the second half of the season. This is a situation I'm not overreacting to at all. We've seen early season struggles from Burrow in the past. Over the past three years and weeks one and two, he's now one in five straight up. He has a tough time against this defense. They just keep sending guys, and they have talent all over the field. We talked all offseason about the upgrades they made on defense, and we saw it right there for us uh, on display in game number one. It's one of the worst games Burrow's ever had. So I will buy Burrow stock over saying, uh, okay, this this could be rough for him. Uh, The Cleveland thing, they had control of the game. They, They controlled it. They continued to run the ball. The defense was awesome, so they didn't need Watson's arm. 
But I didn't see anything yesterday where I said, okay, watch out. Cleveland might be winning this division because we're seeing the Texans version of Watson as opposed to last year's. No, Watson certainly was not, uh, you know, he, he wasn't reaching a ceiling. I think that's fair to say. Uh, just 43.8% play action, which is a lot. Uh, 10 of 13 for 117 yards, touchdown and an interception. He really needed the play action game or else things would have been really, really bad for him. So as far as that's concerned, chances are this is going to be a slightly predictable offense. But look, when you have Nick Chubb and you've got that powerful rushing attack, then even though rushing efficiency doesn't matter when it comes to play action efficiency, still though you want to use it to make sure that your offense looks the same uh, rushing versus passing. So there is that. The one thing, though, that I think should be a cause of concern, maybe not so much for Joe Burrow and and the receiving core, but it's that Miles Garrett was consistently going up against Orlando Brown, and Miles Garrett Mm -hmm. kept winning that battle. Now, granted, he might be the best pass rusher in the NFL. His pass rush get-off time was one of the faster ones that he had in his entire career. But this Orlando Brown thing could be a cause for concern because, as we've talked about before, Offensive lines are very much weak link systems. And if you've got a player who just can't be up to snuff compared with everybody else, then an elite pass rusher, and this division has a lot of them, will come and take care of you. Bengals' worst pass block win rate among the Sunday teams. Zadarius Smith was also really, really good. So there is a little bit of depth that could be a problem uh, when these two teams play each other again, Aaron. Yeah, it's tough. Like a part of me wants to not overreact too much and just say, you know what, this is week one. Hopefully this Bengals team can be a lot better. I remember even a couple years ago, remember when Aaron Rodgers had a clunker in week one and then he went on to have like an MVP like season. So maybe it's that. Obviously I've been higher on uh, the Bengals this season. So I hope they can get it together, Joe. Yeah, they'll be fine. I, I'm not concerned about them. Uh, th- there was suspect quarterback play among the best in that division yesterday, right? I mean, really, <laughs> was it every quarterback bad? Lamar? The offense, <laughs> yeah. Watson? Yeah, exactly. yeah. I mean, mm. Joe Burrow? And then Kenny Pickett, after a terrific preseason, he was awful yesterday. So all four, four for four, poor quarterback play out of the <laughs> AFC North. Yeah, Yeah, I was just telling Ed, we were over on Kenny Pickett's passing prop, but if they weren't uh, struggling like they were offensively, that might not have gone over. It was at 215 and a half, and he Mm -hmm. finished with 232 passing yards. So thankfully that one did hit, but yeah, not as good as I was expecting from the Steelers. We'll circle back uh, to the Ravens in just a bit because I think some context is uh, very much necessary as far as uh, how Lamar Jackson played. Uh, but, Aaron, let's get to your commanders here because oh I am more than grateful that I do not have to pick Washington again in a survivor pool. That was an unnecessary sweat causing way too much unnecessary anxiety, and it did affect my mental health at the end of the day. Mm. Yeah, you and me both, and I'm sure a lot of Washington fans, that was way too close for comfort. Like, what were we even doing? For a second, I thought they might actually lose to the Cardinals, and, like, D.C. was just going to blow up. Fans were just going to be so upset. But uh, thankfully, they pulled out the win by just four points. But, man, uh, 
there there's still some things to work on and i don't know are the cardinals not gonna be as bad as we thought that was just a strange game joe commanders suck i hate them i would i swear i was watching that game i'm like so we're not a commander show should we just no. decide we're we, off of them? No, now? no, not anymore. No, no, <laughs> just, no. Not an overreaction. What they, I'm what they put I'm me through yesterday? After yeah. What they put me through? Like, fire Ron Rivera. This is so dumb. Dobbs is terrible. I mean, it, Arizona's, like, so bad. I'm sweating that out. I'm like, all right, they got the ball back, but it's going to be a three and out. And most of the time, it was a three and out. And, yeah, the commander's defensive line can be is pretty strong. But I'm like, oh, I was just – beside myself yesterday i was so mad and the reason that i was well first off i was mad that scott hansen was never going to the game like that it was a game that was ignored like that was bugging me i'll get to that later on howell stunk <laughs> like the card the cardinals didn't even score an offensive touchdown in that game right yeah the one they had was uh, the fumble and the touchdown by howell uh with the Cardinals yeah. defense i'm like this is ridiculous for it to be that close and they had no chance at covering the spread. But what really bothered me, and I'm assuming it's Rivera, I could not believe how conservative they were in that fourth quarter. Like, put the game away. They had so many opportunities. Fourth and one, we, we can choose to not give them the ball back. Nah, nah, we're not going to do that. Let, let's just keep running. Oh, third and long, let's keep running. Even though scoring the touchdown almost completely puts them away. It was it was very frustrating. Yeah. Um, against that Cardinals front, you can't block against that front. And yes, Howell holds onto the ball too much. But for the Cardinals to rack up six sacks yesterday, uh, <laughs> the trend I'm seeing here is like a lot of these quarterbacks that got, got really pumped up in the preseason. Oh, look how sharp they look! Pickett, Howell, how they do yesterday? Didn't see much. Well, Commander's offensive yeah. line has been a big concern as well, and you touched on it. I was overreacting to the Chiefs' loss Thursday night, thinking, oh, they miss Eric Bieniemy. Let's go. Come to oh, mama. Man. Now he's with the Commanders. I, I didn't see a big mark that he put, and you thought he was mad yelling at the players before. I can't imagine what it's like after that game. I'd, I, I, I was sitting there watching that, thinking that exact same thing, but I was wondering – is this Rivera versus Biennemi? Because Rivera oh, bus-tossed him in the preseason and w was the head coach overriding Biennemi. Nope, run it. Because we know the Riverboat Ron thing is just a big joke. I mean, that's what people say in jazz, <laughs> right? I mean, it's just it's – he's not aggressive. He's the opposite of that. Dude's a clown. Yeah. He's done. Game's passed him by. Fire him after a 1-0 start. <laughs> He is. He's oh, terrible. It's even, it's even worse. <laughs> it's even worse than, than what you're detailing, Joe. Sam Howell was pressured on 19 of his 37 dropbacks. He Ooh. only held on to the ball for an average of 2.87 seconds. That's not oh, wow. very long. Once you get to like three seconds, then yes, you have some concerns that maybe you're holding on to the ball too long. But 2.87, that's not that long. And he was pressured on more than 50% of his dropbacks, was sacked six times. And guess what, guys? He faced an 8% blitz rate. They were oh. not throwing extra guys at him. That offensive line was terrible. Oh, Howell wow. needs to do a better job with pocket protection. If mm -mm. this persists, then Washington is in big trouble. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mm-mm-mm. Terrible. Terrible. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where we started, let's circle back. I'm so glad I'm done with them. I'm so glad. I yeah, actually I've had to get up spot. and like pace around the house. They were really making me mad. In a part I of was... me was like, just go ahead and lose this game. You start wearing down the floor with. going back and forth. Exactly. See, <laughs> I'm just like, see, what is happening? I'm, I'm usually a pacer when I'm nervous. I just accepted the loss. I accepted the fact that the Cardinals were going to ruin Survivor for everybody, including yours truly, which I care way too much about. Yeah, when I'm nervous, I usually pace. I just sat there in the basement by myself on the couch. I was just so angry. And I'm just like firing texts at everybody else that had Washington. Like, bleep this team. I was like, if they lose this game, sell the team again. I hate them so much. Yeah, right. Ron Rivera, first coach fired. We don't know what this new ownership, if they'll do something like that, but there's probably value. Yeah, Yeah, there there might be, very much so. Uh, (laughs) Yes, the Commanders uh, somehow survived. They did not cover uh, the rather large spread against the Cardinals. But, Joe, at least we didn't pick the Minnesota Vikings. Then we would have been ousted from Survivor because they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and – Baker Mayfield uh, on the comeback trail. Tampa Bay won that one 20 to 17. And Aaron, you know, it's not like Baker Mayfield was, you know, slinging it deep or, uh, you know, basically extending the, the field vertically. He attempted eight passes of greater than 10 air yards. That's it. This was deke and dunk, and somehow it still worked. And besides, he did not have the benefit of a good rushing attack. Rashad White had negative 38 rushing yards over expected per next-gen stats. This was all about trickery at the snap. It was all about the defense playing well for Tampa Bay. And like we said before, Tampa Bay is top-heavy, but if they have any bad injury luck or, you know, just any kind of setback whatsoever, they will be done for. And yet, they still took down the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, as someone who has been very high on the Vikings, this one is probably more painful than the Commanders one. I feel like I'm just, oh, it's a punch in the gut talking about these two games back-to-back. But yeah, the Vikings lost a lot of close games last year, and if they don't have that luck on their side, what are they going to do? They're going to take more L's. This one certainly hurts. I don't know what else to say. I'm depressed. R.I.P. to my Vikings. I, I, I did have the strongest opinion on this one, and this one hit. It, it was a day of some hit, some missed, but I was really happy about this one, and I feel like I stole something too, though, because this was about the turnovers. Minnesota three, mm-hmm. 
Tampa didn't turn it over, and the Vikings beat them up in the box score. I mean, yards yeah. per play, it was 5-9 to 3-6 in favor of Minnesota. Yards per pass, 7-1 to 4-8 in favor of Minnesota. Uh, I, I never wanted anything to do with the Vikings. Uh, as far as survivors. So that was not a surprise. We knew it was going to come down to the very end. And what happened? It ends up being a field goal game in favor of the Bucks. So, yeah, I didn't want anything to do with it. And it was talked about all offseason, so we've got to follow it up. Last regular season, Vikings 11-0 and in one-score games. Since the end of the regular season, they've played two games. They're 0-2, and they're both one-score games. Playoff game they lost. Yesterday they lost. Regression came in a big way for the Minnesota Vikings, and mm-hmm. there was another team that also suffered some massive regression. We will get to a little later. Let's sneak in one more game just before the break. The Falcons knocked off the Carolina Panthers 24-10, to and we're seeing rookies sort of get eased into NFL playing time, Aaron, where, yeah, Bijan Robinson looked fantastic, but Tyler Algier also had a massive role in that ball game. So it's something where if you're looking for offensive rookies of the year, maybe playing time isn't the best indicator, at least not yet. Yeah, they seem to be using Algier more for, you know, goal line situations as opposed to Bijan. But I love what I saw from Bijan as well. As everyone came on this show and told told us Falcons, 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 I have a lot of Ritter questions after yesterday. Me too. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, does Miami have the best offense in the NFL? We will continue overreacting to week one right here on the BetQL Network.